I don't need a stick-on beard. I've grown my own. That, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a bad impression, but that's what I imagine that Roger Moore might have said on the first day of shooting for 1980's Naughty Hijack. Which is a not very good movie, but which has some really good moments in it. And some pretty confusing ones as well. First of all, there's quite a lot of these kind of movies that were made in the 80s, well, 70s. And sort of into the early 80s, where you think, there's a big cast here. I, I watched the Cassandra Crossing the other day. Same thing. Big cast here. How did it make its money back? How did these producers make their money? What's happened? There were loads of these kind of movies. I think, surely that's not. It can't have made its money back. And this has got quite a big, famous cast list. What that means, of course, is that all the excitement isn't really on screen. It's sort of delivered in phone calls from officers and a boat set. Apart from that, it's great. Oh, actually, no, it isn't great, because what you've got is more playing against type as a kind of rough, tough, special forces, Scottish, not got a Scottish accent, Scottish kind of commander. He's Fuchs. Actually, he's Fuchs. Double F, and that's what it was called when it was released in America. I'm not quite sure that Fuchs, which I presume was to kind of bring Americans sort of feeling of delight around monarchy and heritage and that kind of thing to the fore. I'm not quite sure that really would have brought people in as much as North Sea Hijack. Because I know what the North Sea is and they'll think, well, that sounds exciting. Fuchs! Just sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like somebody's got angry and shouted somewhat, doesn't it? So in it, he's a cat lover um, with a beard and special skills. You see him first saying, you know, to a, to a group of people he's got, which is a group of special forces. It's not explain what, what he's doing. I think he's doing it for Her Majesty's forces, but I don't know. He might have just got a group of blokes together. Said, you're not, you're not quick enough. I'm going to show you how to do it. And, and I'm going to be throwing these grenades at you. Blimey. Never said that when I signed up. It's not the Krypton factor. With an obstacle course, but with added explosions. So he's a rough, tough man, has no time for women. No, or actually, no time for men either, really. And uh, likes embroidery. We see that later on. So he's kind of an eccentric, not the kind of part that you'd expect Roger Moore to play. And indeed, he plays it like Roger Moore. As he said, he's very good in the Roger Moore part. This isn't a Roger Moore part, to be honest. Here's the plot, such as it is. There's, um, a North Sea oil rig. We see the North Sea oil rig, so that's where all the action should take place. And um, what a group of terrorists are doing for money, I think they want $20 million or something like that. So it's, you know, in 1980, that was a significant amount of money. Not now. It's the kind of thing you find on the back of your sofa, isn't it? Or or on the uh, the ledger sheets of a, of a hedge fund. But um, then it was a lot of money. They're going to, they take over a boat that's, close to the um, the oil rig. The oil rig's called Jennifer. The boat's called Esther. And um, I don't know why, I don't know. They take over a boat and place limpet mines or some kind of thing like that on the legs of Jennifer. 
This is the oil rig, not, not an actor. Although that would be more interesting, actually. And then they ask for money, or else they'll blow it up. Now, Frooks is involved because he's been asked by Lloyds of London to create a kind of contingency plan for if the oil rigs are blown up or threatened. Now, that's something I had to check out. That's not apparent in the film. I might have been talking during this. I could have been rolling my eyes and I might have missed it. So he's called in to the man from the ministry who happens to be James Mason, slumming it in a movie like this, but doing his best to add some kind of real gravitas. And actually, he does. Even when there are moments that, in which, when they all get to the scene of the situation and there's a control room, even when he's on the phone, doing nothing else but on the phone to the leader of the terrorists. You've just got long conversations where they're talking about stuff and nothing's really happening, while in the background, Roger Moore is um, is just adding little phrases and doing his embroidery. Oh, just eccentric, you see. Even when he's doing that, he adds some kind of um, acting class. And on the other end of the phone, now this is the most interesting thing, is Tony Perkins. Yes, Anthony Perkins. Great actor who, a bit like Jessica Walter, was um, didn't have the career that he deserved because he was typecast as Norman Bates, wasn't he? And sort of leaned into it by saying, I'll direct that next one. Yeah, so, you know, the Psycho movies and all of that. And he's great in this. He's not what you'd expect. He's not rough, he's not ready, he looks willowy, he doesn't look really sure of what he's doing all the time, and that adds a brittleness which actually really works. However, as I said before, what you've really got is action taking place in two places. One, a sort of 1970s dowdy office, and two, on a boat, or a boat set. We see the boat bobbing up and down, it's bobbing up and down alarmingly, but when we get into the boat, there's no bobbing up and down. The camera isn't bobbing up and down. And that's where most of the action takes place. There's no excitement. You do see some airlifting, but not very much. It's not, it's not great. And um, Andrew McLagan, who um, directed things like Chisholm, John Chisholm. Careful how you say that. With... Um, with uh, John Wayne and lots of telly directs this in a really workmanlike way. Moving on, let's get the next one in. It, it, it doesn't have any kind of auteur. There's no, there's no through the porthole shots or anything like that. Oh, I shot you through your porthole. Nothing like that. You know, there's some. Um, it's, it's not great. You've got, by the way, you've got you've got a, a female prime minister in this because it's made in 1980, so that's current. <laughs> and there are quite quite a lot of big actors in here, you know? Like David Wood is in there uh, as one of the hijackers. Not quite sure if he's on one side or the other as far as the hijacking goes. As he turned, as he come back? I, I might have been rolling my eyes again. Um, you've got um, James Mason, as mentioned. George Flett, George Baker is one of the men from the ministry. Jeremy Clyde's in there as one of the others. You've got Jack Watson, who's either dubbed or post-synced or doing a sort of Icelandish accent which doesn't or a Scandinavian accent which doesn't really 
So really scan or sit well with him, to be honest. Of course, in the uh, in the end, it all works out all right. It all works out okay because um, they get on the boat. Um, Fuchs, Roger Moore, is wearing a bright red um, diving suit, skin tight. Not around the bottom area, unfortunately, which doesn't look great, to be honest, and he can't really carry it off. Um, and they, him and his squad, who we've not seen, as soon as they come to the sort of um, command centre or the room, we've not seen his squad at all. It is, so I didn't even know they were there. I thought it was just him. Suddenly there they are, getting shot and things, and eventually he manages to shoot Anthony Perkins. There is a moment at the end where Anthony Perkins isn't quite dead and he's going towards a button which, you know those things you used to have in the 70s where you had a little dial and you could punch words onto it and then you would clip them off and you'd put them on things like the fridge, Steve's food, things like that, you know what I mean? One of those. So there's a, there's a, a red button with fire punched out on it because that's what you did in movies in the 70s, didn't you? Whether he foils him or not, I won't... I won't spoil it. He does, though. And in the end, he is presented with a gift, which is a load of kittens. And actually, he's really delighted and really sweet. It's lovely work from Roger Moore. It's the only really good work he does in this. He's allowed to do something else. He really underplays it. It's lovely and really nice. The rest of it isn't. The movie didn't do well when it came out. It was disappointing. Uh, apparently, uh, um, Roger Moore said, the film's had so many title changes, I've lost count. It was called uh, Fuchs. Uh, and it was called Assault Force as well. And it was re-released on American TV. In West Germany, it was called Demolition Squad Atlantic. Yeah. And uh, the critics weren't particularly happy either. Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel selected as one of their dogs of the year. Oh, Yes. And I can see why. It's neither one thing nor the other. There's a lot of money around the actors because you've got a lot of big actors in there, but you can't see where... So you can see that there's maybe not so much money left to spend on the sets. And consequently, it's not exciting at all. That beard, by the way, is probably doing most of the acting for Roger Moore. It's bushy. It's multicoloured. And it sticks out, springing from his chin. It's lovely. That's the most exciting part of the film, perhaps. Worst things happen at sea. I don't know after seeing this. Ta-ta.